Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Now, Gavin, take him down. He's creeping me out. It's not the reason for the season when you put a Jeff Sedgens elf on the shelf up. Ass. The following podcast contains... Yes, sir, he commenced to cussing and laying about with threat. Don't you cuss at me, Jimmy Dean. I'll sick my dog on you. You have to use so many cuss words. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. Florida, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, November 9th, 2018. If you try sometimes, you get what you need edition of the show where we dissect this week's midterm elections hoping to discover why Democrats are so pissy. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Yuri's Unicorn Rental. We all want a unicorn, noble, majestic beast of unspeakable beauty, but many of us live in a world where unicorns are rare, if not impossible. And even if they did exist, where would you keep it? Yuri's Unicorn Rental understands that we provide a wide variety of unicorns to meet your needs. Whether you're planning your child's birthday party or trying to elect a Democrat in Texas, Yuri brings the magical ethereality and unique mystery of this magical beast to your home or election. And we're not talking about just some horse with a horse with a horn glued on his head. We're talking an honest-to-God mythic creature as rare as a Florida voter choosing a decent, honorable candidate. In a world full of darkness and monsters like Ted Cruz, Yuri's Unicorn brings the magic to you. I always admired most about my parents was their philosophy on wanting things. I mean, it was okay to want things, but I needed to understand that wanting wasn't getting. It was just wishing. And my mother had a very clear policy on wishes. Well, you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which gets filled first. Yeah, well- None of this is to say my parents didn't give me presents or toys or any of the things that make a childhood worth living. It's only to say that just because I wanted something didn't mean it magically appeared. If I wanted something, I had to work for it. When I was 11 or 12, I decided I wanted... No, 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 no. Not wanted, Podfriend. I needed a shotgun. To understand why such items was such a desperately required necessity in my young life, you need to understand that a young lad of a certain geographic and social origin viewed owning a shotgun as a ritual of passage, a redneck bar mitzvah, if you wish. When you get your first firearm, it shows the world that you're old enough, responsible enough to own a gun. It may not put hair on your balls, but that gun... But it makes a man out of you. So I embarked on my quest to obtain my first real gun. 
In order to do this, I needed to demonstrate to my parents that I would take on the responsibilities of a man. I completed my household chores, kept a clean room, respected my sister, and most the most important task of all, I hunted and killed a large predator with nothing more than a stone knife and my cunning. It's different in every culture. And after months of performing the rituals and rites my parents required, the high holy days of Christmas arrived, and beneath the tree was a long flat box containing a 410 shotgun, demonstrating to all the world that I, David Bledsoe, was now considered a man among my people. I never fired that gun a single time, and the only reason I received it is because I worked for it. It was less a gift than more payment for services rendered. We can look at the election we just had this week as much the same. We worked for it, and we got what we worked for, and not much more. Liberals in America went into Tuesday night with a lot of hopes and a lot of wishes. And by and large, the things we wished for turned to crap in our hand. Beto didn't turn Texas blue. The Senate has more Republicans than it did before. We didn't get a massive blue wave we were all wishing for. Yeah, no shit. But we did win the House, and this is huge. But I think a lot of people are kind of disappointed now. And let's be honest, we did the work to win the House back, and that's what we got. It's not that we didn't try to do better, but sometimes even when you try to do your best, you fail. So, with this objective win in the House, some of us seem to feel just a little down. Jim Newell wrote in Slate on Wednesday morning, quote, It may have felt like a meh, bleh night for Democrats then, but it was relative expectations heading into Election Day. Democrats had hoped they had a fighting chance for the control of the Senate, haha, ha, that they could limit their incumbent losses to North Dakota and North Dakota only, while picking up Arizona, Nevada, and either Texas or Tennessee. Democrats thought that they might net 10 governor's races, seizing back the Midwest ahead of the presidential election and the next redistricting process while potentially making historic pickups with new enthusiastic coalitions in the South, and maybe Democrats would pick up 40 or 50 House seats. We didn't do that. Democrats and liberals in general are basically optimistic people. It's one of the things that makes us liberals. We look at the best possible outcome and work towards that goal. Reality, however, is uh, a stone-cold frozen bitch. And it doesn't care about our wishes or even the best possible outcomes. It only cares about what is. And in reality of 2018, we did as well as we could possibly do, period. We raised a shitload of money, we ran good candidates, we ran good campaigns and competed. The problem isn't with us, the liberals. The problem is the country is full of shitty people and shitty people who vote for other shitty, shitty, shittier people. There's going to be a lot of takes over the next few days and weeks on the meaning of these midterms. And I'm here to tell you that the one take you should walk away with is Democrats did as good as they could possibly do due to the condition we were in. They did the work to get what they wanted and they got it. And that's nothing to be ashamed about. Election Day was a net win. The country is safer in the long term today than it was before. There is no need to freak out. I'm freaking out, man. I don't know why. Things are actually pretty good. Democrats won the House by like 35 seats. We picked up a ton of seats in the state legislatures and seven governor seats across the country. If we didn't get the big, beautiful redemption rebuke of truck we kind of hoped for, we did pretty damn good, and we could all settle in for a nice holiday season and wait for January when we took the gavel from Paul fucking Ryan. But then... Laura, you have the letter submitted uh, from the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, making it very clear that he is not leaving because he wanted to leave. The very first sentence of his resignation is basically... I'm resigning because you told me to. 
That's right, Jake. You don't have to read between the lines on this one. It's pretty clear that the day finally came where Trump said enough is enough. We're told, despite the 90-minute press conference where Trump deflected on what would happen to the attorney general, he actually asked for his resignation before he even took the stage. That's right. Clancy, the fascist elf, got booted out on his tiny ass, fired, shit can, given his walking papers, pink slipped. A guy would come around to my desk and say, get the fuck out of here! Which one might think is a good thing because Jeff Sessions is objectively the worst fucking member of the cabinet and was doing evil shit in the name of the of white power and the White House. But at the same time, his shady ass dealings with Russia were actually protecting the Mueller investigation. And now, and now, he's gone. His interim replacement is a guy by the name of Matthew Whitaker. He was Jeff Sessions' former chiefs of staff. And according to most people in the Justice Department, the White House's eyes and ears in the Justice Department. And guess what? He took control of the Mueller investigation immediately upon being named to his post, a post that he's probably been named to illegally. Who is this guy, Matt Whitaker? From an article in Atlantic, quote, Whitaker said that an article that characterized the Mueller investigations as a lynch mob was a must read. And he told CNN that if Sessions were fired, his replacement could reduce Mueller's budget in such a way that it would grind the investigation to a halt. He also shared an article on Twitter that explored the process by which Trump could fire Mueller and said in a radio interview that there is no criminal obstruction of justice charge to be had against Trump and defended the Trump's campaign's decision to meet with Russian nationals to obtain dirt on Hillary Clinton. Oh boy, that sounded bad. Oh, it is. And you know what? Let's take just a second here to talk about what the Attorney General is, because a lot of people don't know what the job is all about. Many people, including the dipshit-in-chief, consider the position to be the president's lawyer. Wrong answer. If the president needs a lawyer, and this one does, and he has, he hires one just like you and me. Even the White House counsel is not the president's lawyer. He's the president sees lawyer. It's the institution's legal counsel. The attorney general is the top law enforcement officer in the federal government. He's like the chief of police and attorney general all rolled into one just for the entire nation. He represents the United States government and the people of the United States, not the president thereof. It should go without saying that point that Trump appointed a lackey who will finally do what Sessions would not. Put the brakes on the special counsel that is looking into all the dirty shit Donnie has done since he took his first million from Daddy Fred when he was two years old. It also goes without saying that firing Jeff Session, who was fucking terrible and should never have warmed his ass, tiny ass in that chair, is also bad. But is this the end of the world? Well, could be worse. Yeah, but it isn't. Because remember, we won the House of Representatives. We can investigate shit now. Oh, I know things are bad, but I hear some people after Tuesday walking around like this was a huge disappointment. Beto didn't win. Dude, Beto was running as a progressive in Texas. By a contemporary mentality, he ought to have lost to Ted Cruz by 20 fucking points. He lost by two. In Texas. Guys talking like that kind of pinko commie ship used to get run out of state on the rail and he loses by two measly points 
And Beto carried a ton of down-ballot races, electing Democrats in the House districts and judges' seats. So they'll have a real impact for the people of Texas. Sure, elections are about winning the seat, but sometimes they're also about preparing the ground for the next election. And Beto proved a progressive Democrat could compete in Texas if you find the right Democrat. And let me tell you, we all know we haven't seen the last of Beto. And I know a lot of people are upset about Stacey Abrams in Georgia. I am, too, because that election was fucked up. I mean, when the other candidate is the person in charge of the election and has a history of George Wallace in the elections. Really? You think? It's okay to be pissed about that. But don't let it take away from the real things that we accomplished. Florida. Florida was a heartbreaker. I mean, Andrew Gillum is the new face of the Democratic Party in so many ways. That he was barely edged out by a guy that, from what I can tell, is actually a store mannequin possessed by the ghost of Barry Goldwater. Dear God, what is that thing? Should make you a little sad, but you know what? Sometimes you lose elections. That just happens. Elections aren't like playing Monopoly with my sister. You can't get mad and pitch the board in the air like I did. You pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and you win the next one. We won the House. We flipped a lot of state houses, won governor seats in important states that Trump had won in 2016 going into the 2020 election. And while I'm as tired and disgusted by all the elections as much as you are, that's where the game is now. We, as they say in sports ball, have much better field position than we did going into the second half of the game. And that is getting rid of the current occupant. So stop freaking out about what we didn't do and feel good about the things we did. Because we're going to need that power for what's to come. Democrats finally have some power to check the work successes of the president. And we can shine a light on the scuttling cockroaches that infest the scaffolding branch like it was my kitchen. Representative Elijah Cummings is about to get the chair of the House Oversight Committee. You know, the committee that looks into the dealings of the government and thus provides oversight. And he's got himself a Christmas list of all the things the Democrats asked to be looked into over the past two years. And this is but a small small sample of the things on that list. Quote, White House security clearances involving Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, National Security Advisor John Bolton and others, the controversial addition of a citizen question, citizenship question of the 2020 Senate, the Trump administration's Muslim travel ban, the State Department's decision to close its cyber office, the Environmental Protection Agency's use of a political loyalty list, the possible participation of Cambridge Analytica's foreign employees in U.S. elections. The deadly ambush in Niger that left four American soldiers dead. The use of private email by White House officials. Boy, I've heard that one before. Trump's response to the hurricane that devastated Puerto Rico. The dealings of the Trump Foundation. Potential conflicts of interest between Kushner's business interests and his policy advice. Payments to the Trump administration. Excuse me, the Trump Organization received from foreign sources, Russian intervention with state voting, formal national security biters, Michael Flynn's contacts with foreign officials, and so many more. Is that a lot? That's a lot. That is a lot. And that is even counting what happens when Trump shuts down the Mueller investigation or the criminal charges against Secretary of Interior Ryan Zinke or any other shit that you just know is already going to happen, that is going to happen or has already happened because Trump is all pissy that he lost the House. And most importantly, Democrats can now bring forth a slew of legislation about health care, income equality, environmental legislation, voting protections, and any number of causes that dear to our hearts only to uh, watch them quickly die in the Senate. Is that a good thing? Cause it is. It is. If you want to point out the GOP is the one preventing you from doing them. And again, there's always the next election. And having people vote against popular bills with the American people makes them extraordinarily unpopular. See health care and the fucking GOP tax cut.
I understand we hope that Tuesday would be a startling rebuke of fascism, white supremacy, and the idiocracy. I hoped against hope that I would wake up Wednesday and the country would be the kind of country I want to live in again. We have to face the reality that it isn't, and it's not going to happen magically overnight. The reason we have the current occupancy and its cadre of MAGA chudge is this country is full of an awful lot of shitty people, and they vote. They are, by definition, incapable of changing their minds, accepting the future, or embracing reality. That's why they are conservatives. If they were able to do any of those things, they wouldn't be. The path forward out of darkness lies in doing very much what we did during this election. We seek out bright, capable, and charismatic leaders, and we support them with our money, our time, and our votes. We're not suddenly going to flip states filled with timid, stupid, and hateful people into shining beacons of intellect and decency. Humanity doesn't work that way. It will take decades for these fuckers to finally die off. What we need to do is fight every step of the way to keep their shittiness from infecting another generation of people or at least limit the damage they can do on a larger scale. It takes time, patience, and commitment to a better future, and I know that sucks if someone could just invent an app that could make them all go away. I would download it, but that is not how shit works. There are things we can do to help. I mean Florida. Well, if we just give Florida back to the Spanish or something, it would solve a lot of trouble. But that doesn't seem very practical, and a lot of good people seem to be in Florida, so that's probably unfair as well. All I'm saying is maybe we could just look into it. The other things we can do is keep our heads up, heart steady, and ready to take the streets if needed, just like people did Thursday night. From the Washington Post, quote, Tens of thousands of protesters nationwide spent Thursday evening decrying President Trump's removal of Jeff Sessions as Attorney General, a move they fear threatens the independence of Special Counter Robert S. Mueller III's investigation. Those gathered in cities and towns from Boston to Houston and Seattle said Trump crossed the red line when he picked Matthew G. Whitaker as acting Attorney General and asking and receiving Sessions' resignation on Wednesday, unquote. So you know. Fuck up, little camper. Don't be down about what we didn't get. Be happy for the things we did and be ready to fight more tomorrow. But also, take some time for you. You've got a month or two before it's time to get back in the fight. It's okay to enjoy the holidays during a time of relative prosperity with low unemployment and rising wages. Go out and buy some commercial shit to make you happy. If nothing else, treat yourself to some new markers and poster board for the protest to come. Eat your turkey, decorate your Christmas trees, and enjoy a respite before you go on to the next fight. Assuming the current occupant doesn't do something else to fuck with us between now and then. I mean, he probably will, but still you have to try and enjoy yourself because you need it. I know I'm going to, because I'm not talking politics for the rest of the damn year unless I absolutely have to. I mean, if they do fire Mueller, I guess I have to, or Mueller indicts Don Jr., but that's not really a bad thing. That's more like a Christmas present that I'm asking for. All I want for, for Christmas is Don Jr. in jail. But as a general rule, no more politics until 2019. I promise I will try. Until then, enjoy your win. Enjoy your life. Tomorrow is fine and plenty of time to pick up this fight. That is it for our show this week. I am ready for some holidays this year, people. Usually, I hate this time of year, but I feel strangely in need of some smalty seasonal pleasantness, some Charlie Brown Christmas specials and baby Jesus decorations. I want to sink into the blithe blandness of normality and wash myself in the blood of the nog. That is very distressing. No, I could get a lot more disturbing. Trust me, I've heard things about eggnog that would haunt your dreams. Do you know what eggnog really is? You're not going to want to hear it, but I'll tell you. Elf cum, that's what it is. You might as well pour it on your back and slap yourself on the ass. 
See, I told you that haunt your holiday parties. This year, t- vision's a tiny, pointy-eared dude's bukkake into a crystal bowl that's gonna haunt your visions. Don't ask about the cinnamon on top. Anyway, like I said, I'm ready for some holidays. That's all that I'm saying. So you should enjoy them, too. We can just take a little break. We'll have some fun. And speaking of fun, rate and review the show wherever you find your pods. It isn't exactly fun for you, but you can enjoy the schadenfreude of deceitfully luring others into the secret knowledge of elfin masturbatory practices. And I think that sounds fun. If you'd like to learn more about the onanistic tendency of other fictional creatures, check out my Twitter feed at the Hell underscore podcast. And all my fairy porn shows are on SoundCloud at the show name at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, Beto for president, Bledsoe producer, and Pinched Al Gavin, and all the other fictional ballots on this show, we want to say, you can't always get what you want. But you know the rest of this, right? And what other song was I actually going to use this week? So just enjoy it, and we'll see you all next week. for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.